This is the Ag Engineering Podcast that rolls right into the details on tools, tips, and techniques that improve you, your farm, and our world. I'm your host, Andy Chamberlain from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is sponsored by Northeast SARE. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome back to you longtime listeners, and welcome to the new listeners of this show. It's been a little while since I've put out an episode, but travel restrictions have lifted this summer, and I've been able to get out and talk with a few farmers again behind the mics. And it's been a lot of fun to talk with these growers and get out in the field. So here's some new entertainment for your listening pleasure. Let's get right into the first episode at Old Road Farm. Today, we are in Granville, Vermont, with Gabby and Henry of Old Road Farm. They've been farming since 2015, and now they're up to around three acres of production in Climate Zone 4B. They sell to farmer's markets, a co-op, CSA, as well as their farm stand, and they're bringing in about $100,000 in sales. Gabby and Henry, welcome to the show. Hi, Andy. Thanks, Andy. If you could describe your farm in one sentence, what would you say? We are a diversified organic vegetable farm with a focus on salad greens. Now, today we wanted to talk about your stone barrier. It's something that I saw pop up on Instagram, and it's, um, it looks like a unique tool. So if you could tell me a little bit about it, what is a stone barrier? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, it's a reverse tine rototiller. The tines basically, instead of uh, pushing the soil down, they kind of lift it and then throw it through a screen that um, uh, basically filters out any any rocks, any any debris that's in the soil, and then the uh, the fine soil that passes through the screen gets uh, gets put on top of whatever gets uh, gets screened out, and it leaves a really fine seed bed. Um, the reason we we got it is we just bought this farm last year and we knew we weren't going to have a lot of time to to prep fields before we really needed to be full production here um so it 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 does a great job at creating a a fine seed bed out of maybe some kind of rough soil with a lot of residue left in it what made you decide to get a stone barrier versus just a, a rototiller um yeah it really was our experience before we bought this property, we have a we have a small rototiller that we, well, we still have it, but um, it you know it, it does not create the kind of fine seed bed that we needed for our direct seeded salad greens. Um, before we were here, we were in kind of a, a glacial till soil with a whole lot of rocks in it, um, and it just seemed like whenever we would till, all the rocks would get brought up to the surface, and then it would be a, a real pain to try to direct seed something into that seed bed. Um, and, you know, we, this place, it's, it's great soil here. We're all on river bottom. Um, but there are a few little um, outcroppings of, you know, cobbly stuff around. And, and we knew that going in. And then we also knew that the, the sod was going to be an issue. So You're new to this property. What did you do before you had the stone barrier? <laughs> So the stone barrier got shipped from Italy last spring, um, which with COVID, there was all kinds of delays there. Um, it showed up, uh, I think, the end of June even. So it was pretty late in the season that it got here last year. And uh, 
that that was a, a rough start. We were um, we were raking beds by hand, raking beds by hand. You know, we had had everything uh, moldboard plowed the fall before and disked up so that you know it wasn't a totally blank slate. But um, yeah, it was it was rough. There were still big clumps of sod in there that we were dealing with. There were you know stones and when you're trying to direct seed uh, salad greens or carrots or stuff with a really fine seed, um, you need a good seed bed. And it was taking us a lot of, a lot of labor hours to get that seed bed. So when that thing showed up, it was, um, it was pretty nice. <laughs> uh, what was it like the first time you turned it on and, and dropped it into the dirt? Um, <laughs> sorry, the dog's talking in the back. Um, <laughs> uh, it was great. I mean, it was a little nerve wracking. It's a big, expensive piece of equipment to hook up for the first time, and and uh, you know, not quite being sure how it's going to work, but it it really did a, a good job. The first pass we took with it, I think uh, I think Gabby got a video of it that was just like getting getting the reaction. It was great. I mean, <laughs> jaws dropped to the floor. <laughs> don't have to rake this out by hand again. <laughs> Instant relief. Uh, what was the cost of this piece of equipment? You said it was more than a regular rototiller. Yeah, I think all told with shipping and everything, it was around 10000 Um And how big of a unit was this model? It's one of the smaller units they make. Um, it's a G25170 is the number on it. Um, it's, it's sized for our tractor, which is about a 48-horse tractor. Um so our tractor runs this unit no problem. Um, uh, yeah, who, who makes it? Uh, I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, but Forgio or Forgio, one of those. <laughs> Open up your Italian accent there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what made you decide to get this brand versus another one? What did were you able to find other brands, or is this all you? There's a few other brands. This is the one that. Um, uh, we got it through Brookdale, and this is the one that they carry. Uh, we had been working with them on a bunch of irrigation stuff anyway, so we just kind of went with that. Well, I heard heard good reviews about Italian equipment, so hopefully it should be well-built and, and last a long time. Are there any modifications or setup-type stuff you had to do for it? Uh, no. It, I mean, it was pretty much right off the pallet. Um, it says to change the gearbox oil after the first 50 hours so i did that this spring and um at some point i'd like to uh set up some row markers on the back of it but that's that's a pretty simple thing to do let's see if you could think about the the cost savings that this gains you i mean one one pass through a bed versus all that hand raking how much savings do you think that is Oh man, uh, a lot. I mean, it's pro like, or how fast do you think it might have paid for itself? I would guess it would probably pay for itself like this year, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, you got to figure. I mean, it's to be growing the volume we're doing. Um, if we didn't have a way to prep seed beds quickly, and we're paying someone by hand to do all that, you know, after. I don't know, maybe using a chisel plow, which is what we were doing, and then having them rake it out. Uh, that's, I don't know, like half hour per bed. We're seeing at least 
four to 16 beds a week, depending on the week, that's a lot of hours. Um, and we're trying to pay people decently and it's, yeah, it's, that adds up quickly. This tool helps you, uh, enable you in, or, in order to pay people fairly. Yeah. Yes. Is this your primary tool, like both beginning of the season, mid-season, cover crop incorporation, or are you using plows and discs and, and other tillage equipment too? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a, a full range of tillage equipment. Um, you know, this is, it's it's pretty intensive tillage and we are sensitive to that. Um, so I'd say we use it when we feel it's called for when we do have something to incorporate, if we have a bed with a lot of trash on the top that we need to flip quickly. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think our general um, tillage regime is to, uh, uh, we have a, a, a river cultivator chisel plow that we use first off in the spring, just kind of lift things up um, and then maybe run a pass with this. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the generally what we've done. And then, m- for our greens, we we either no-till the second round after mowing off residue and tarping it. Um, we've had some kind of mixed success with that. Uh, so we, we also occasionally will come in a second round and, and, and use the stone barrier again before planting a second round of greens. Um, yeah, we've got discs when we need them. If, if you're no-tilling your lettuce, what tool are you using to plant into that previous... So all our seeding is done with a single row jang at this point, which is, uh, that's another, <laughs> another weak point in our equipment lineup that we're going to need to upgrade at some point. But, uh, it, it works okay. It does. Yeah, it does the job. It's just a lot of walking back and forth. And, and I think, you know, with the, the no till second round, it actually is a decent tool and that it, you can kind of avoid any heavy residue with it. And it, and it doesn't, get bound up because it's it's just a single opening shoe um that's a good point that you know a six row jang or something might have a harder time with all that yep residue yep uh would you recommend this piece of equipment or is there something that you know if somebody was looking to purchase one would you tell them you know or warn them before investing 10 grand um it's it's definitely been worthwhile for us and just kind of our scale and our production method um, and our soil and, and everything we're dealing with here. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it totally depends on, on what people are looking for with it. Uh, I would say this, this size unit, you know, it's not, you can watch the videos online where they have some of the bigger video bigger units and they're burying basketball ball size rocks, like, 12 inches deep and this that's this is not going to do that uh you know it's it's run on a 45 50 horse tractor and it's just not going to handle that size rock so if you're dealing with that you might need to do something else but if we're incorporating cover crop and you know stone smaller than a basketball or (laughs) smaller than a baseball maybe this this does a great job you know it's a it's it's a little slow we run it like about 0.8 miles an hour so if you're doing a couple acres that is is some time invested in in that that tillage but it's also basically one pass so you don't have to be hitting it multiple times with a disc is there anything else about the stone barrier that uh that you want to share um so far it just seems like a a well-built 
machine. Um, yeah, no, no problems with it so far. It's, it's, it's done well for us. Um, it's been great because I was the one that was raking the beds by <laughs> hand, so <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, if others want to follow up or check out your farm, how can they do that? Um, all our contact information is online. Uh, our website is oldroadfarmvt.com, and I think that has our emails and phone numbers listed there. So feel free if people want to reach out and ask questions or come see things. We're happy to, happy to share. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. If you want to see this stone barrier in action, you can do so on our YouTube channel. Easiest way to get there is to go straight to the podcast website, agengepodcast.com. That's where the show notes are, where you can, uh, find the links to Old Road Farm. You can see the YouTube channel, or you can even leave me a voicemail right there on the homepage. Real easy. You can do it right from your phone. So if you've got some feedback you'd like to share, I would love to hear it. Again, that's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com for the podcast website. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day.